Section 58 of the Essays of Samuel Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pamela Nagami. The Essays of Samuel Johnson, Section 58, On the Death of a Friend. The Idler, Saturday, January 27, 1759. The following letter relates to an affliction perhaps not necessary to be imparted to the public, but I could not persuade myself to suppress it, because I think I know the sentiments to be sincere, and I feel no disposition to provide, for this day, any other entertainment. Mr. Idler, notwithstanding the warnings of philosophers and the daily examples of losses and misfortunes which life forces upon our observation, such is the absorption of our thoughts in the business of the present day, such the resignation of our reason to empty hopes of future felicity, or such our unwillingness to foresee what we dread, that every calamity comes suddenly upon us, and not only presses us as a burden, but crushes us as a blow. There are evils which happen out of the common course of nature, against which it is no reproach not to be provided. A flash of lightning intercepts the traveller in his way. The concussion of an earthquake heaps the ruins of cities upon their inhabitants. But other miseries time brings, though silently yet visibly forward by its even lapse, which yet approach us unseen, because we turn our eyes away, and seize us unresisted, because we could not arm ourselves against them but by setting them before us. That it is vain to shrink from what cannot be avoided, and to hide that from ourselves which must some time be found, is a truth which we all know, but which all neglect, and perhaps none more than the speculative reasoner, whose thoughts are always from home, whose eye wanders over life, whose fancy dances over meteors of happiness kindled by itself, and who examines everything rather than his own state. Nothing is more evident than that the decays of age must terminate in death. Yet there is no man, says Tully, who does not believe that he may yet live another year, and there is none who does not, upon the same principle, hope another year for his parent or his friend. But the fallacy will be in time detected. The last year, the last day, must come. End note 30. A pathetic interest attaches to this number of the idler. It was written two or three days after the death at Litchfield of Dr. Johnson's mother at the advanced age of ninety, an event which, according to Boswell, quote, deeply affected him since his reverential affection for her was not abated by years as indeed he retained all his tender feelings even to the latest period of his life end quote. End, end note. it has come and is past the life which made my own life pleasant is at an end and the gates of death are shut upon my prospects the loss of a friend upon whom the heart was fixed to whom every wish and endeavour tended, is a state of dreary desolation 
in which the mind looks abroad impatient of itself and finds nothing but emptiness and horror the blameless life the artless tenderness the pious simplicity the modest resignation the patient sickness and the quiet death are remembered only to add value to the loss to aggravate regret for what cannot be amended to deepen sorrow for what cannot be recalled these are the calamities by which providence gradually disengages us from the love of life other evils fortitude may repel or hope may mitigate but irreparable privation leaves nothing to exercise resolution or flatter expectation the dead cannot return and nothing is left us here but languishment and grief yet such is the course of nature that whoever lives long must outlive those whom he loves and honours such is the condition of our present existence that life must one time lose its associations and every inhabitant of the earth must walk downward to the grave alone and unregarded without any partner of his joy or grief without any interested witness of his misfortunes or success misfortune indeed he may yet feel for where is the bottom of the misery of man but what is success to him that has none to enjoy it happiness is not found in self-contemplation it is perceived only when it is reflected from another we know little of the state of departed souls because such knowledge is not necessary to a good life reason deserts us at the brink of the grave and can give no further intelligence revelation is not wholly silent there is joy in the angels of heaven over one sinner that repenteth and surely this joy is not incommunicable to souls disentangled from the body and made like angels let hope therefore dictate what revelation does not confute that the union of souls may still remain and that we who are struggling with sin sorrow and infirmities may have our part in the attention and kindness of those who have finished their course and are now receiving their reward these are the great occasions which force the mind to take refuge in religion when we have no help in ourselves what can remain but that we look up to a higher and a greater power and to what hope may we not raise our eyes and hearts when we consider that the greatest power is the best surely there is no man who thus afflicted does not seek succour in the gospel which has brought life and immortality to light the precepts of epicurus who teaches us to endure what the laws of the universe make necessary may silence but not content us the dictates of zeno who commands us to look with indifference on external things may dispose us to conceal our sorrow but cannot assuage it real alleviation of the loss of friends and rational tranquillity in the prospect of our own dissolution can be received only from the promises of him in whose hands are life and death and from the assurance of another and better state in which all tears will be wiped from the eyes 
and the whole soul shall be filled with joy. Philosophy may infuse stubbornness, but religion only can give patience. I am and etc. Footnote. This paper was written by Dr. Johnson on the death of his mother. He wrote Rasselas in order to defray the expenses of her funeral and to pay a few small debts she had left. End of section 58. Recording by Pamela Nagami.